Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. LeBron, Steph Curry, legacy, legend. Let's actually talk betting. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. This is your Los Angeles Lakers versus the Golden State Warriors second round preview of the NBA playoffs. To break this down, I'm joined by NBA Futures Analyst and number one Warriors fan in the world, Brandon Anderson. I'm never going to let him call himself a Timberwolves fan ever again with how gleeful he was. I couldn't figure out why Brandon was so sad in the first round of the playoffs. I was like, like what? This isn't that bad. Like, yeah, it's weird, but like it shouldn't be. And then I realized he was just upset because the Warriors were losing to the Kings. But don't worry. Don't worry. Things things righted themselves in the NBA universe, and the rich get richer, as always, as the Golden State Warriors advance over the Sacramento Kings in seven games and now face the plucky underdog Los Angeles Lakers in their second-round series. Warriors are considerable favorites, as you would expect in this series, but given that, you know, the Lakers are not really that good of a team, and the other team has won four titles in the last eight years. Uh, lines on the series. Warriors minus 158, Lakers plus 134. The series spread is Warriors minus one and a half, plus 140. So if you want them to win in six, you can actually get it in fewer. Um, so I should say, like, not necessarily as big of a favorite as you might expect the Warriors to be. They are favorites, but not necessarily as much. Uh, total games in the series. The shortest line is seven games at plus 185. They're expecting the series to go long. Brandon? We'll give our best bets for the series, and then we'll work backwards. What's your best bet for Warriors-Lakers? Matt, you'll never believe this. I'm taking the Warriors, baby. Let's go. Warriors in six or seven. I think that's three of my four picks this round I'm, where I'm taking a team in one of two game scenarios. So split your bet. Warriors in six plus 550. Warriors in seven plus 425. 
I'm surprised. Those are both a little longer than I expected. I get an implied plus 190 on Warriors in six or seven. And a little prop bet for you. Going on a limb here. Steph Curry, you may have heard of him, to lead the series in threes, minus 320. Just think of it as a little 31% two-week loan that you're going to get some interest back on. So let me, let me make sure I got this right. So the number that if you bet both of them. You got to shop around a little bit. The, the okay. numbers are varied wildly at books on these. For some reason, I can't quite figure out. Okay, so but you if you shop around, you can get the numbers. Well, you need to give the numbers then. I need to know what... Okay. Your numbers are for six and seven so that we can, we can, so that the people can compare them because you don't want people like that plus 190 matters versus the plus 140 for minus one and a half here. Correct. Yeah. So the, the best minus one and a half I saw was a plus 155. So I like this better. I want the game seven. The Warriors fought all year, Matt, to earn the home game seven. They fought to stay ahead of the Lakers and get like, no, I want the home game seven. We know how good the Warriors are at home. I know it's LeBron, but I want the home game seven. So I, Warriors minus one and a half doesn't give me the game seven. So the number I'm betting is Warriors in six, which is plus 550. Warriors in seven, the best I see out there is a plus 425. And those combined give me a 34.4%. That's an implied plus 190. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think that like I, the math on that's really important here. So again, I just want to like clarify this for the, for the uh, listener. If you bet both of those, and you get those numbers or better at your at your book, you're able to get a better return, a better ROI than you can with the the Warriors minus one and a half. So like that's the way to go about it. If you're basically like, because if you're taking Warriors minus one and a half, they have to win the series, and they have to do it in less than seven games. So you're actually getting like a better number here versus taking them well, minus one and a half. And, and just to clarify, I, I think that you're equating those two. These aren't quite the same. The minus one and a half implies the Warriors win in six or less. Mine is the Warriors winning in six or more. So it's yeah. it's non-equivalent, but, and it's specifically not that, because I don't want the Warriors doing a short series. Okay. There's no way in human history, the NBA is not making sure this series gives us all the TV games in the world. The bet that no, I wanted I mean, first- We're not going to get, we're, I want to go into to, to, to the- you're right, but like it's okay. Well, just just to say I wanted the over five and a half games, but the the juice on that is really long. This is my way of playing that and the Warriors together. Okay, it's like a parlay: over five and a half game Warriors wins. Correct. Okay. Um, then I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Warriors minus one and a half here. Um, we'll get let's let's get into the cap here. What's the biggest reason you like Golden State in this matchup? I think it probably comes down to the fact that. This season, the I think it's the three-pointers for both sides. Three-pointers offensively for the Warriors, defensively for the Lakers. The Warriors led the league in three-point attempt rate this year. It's no surprise. We know that's actually different than in past years, but they have pivoted hard into it. We saw that in game seven a lot. We saw the offense, Matt, that I've clamored for for years. Steph, shoot threes. That's the offense. Do the, do the thing, Steph. That's actually more who the Warriors are this year. They shoot a ton of threes. The Lakers allow the six most attempts on threes. So their defense is letting teams get those shots up. Dennis Schroeder, D'Angelo Russell, Troy Brown, Malik Beasley, like who are the perimeter guys on this team that are going to stay attached to the shooters and the relocation and get guys off the dark? I don't I don't know what's happening. So the Warriors are going to get their threes up. The Lakers are going to miss their threes. Here's the stat that I get stuck on. The Warriors this season shot 38.5% on their threes, second best in the NBA. The Lakers this season allowed, defensively, 
34.5% three-pointers, second best defensively in the NBA. So the Lakers are going to allow the Warriors to get their shots up. So I have to choose which one of those stats do I believe in more? Do I believe that the Warriors are going to make their threes or do I believe that the Lakers defense is going to continue to stop teams from making their threes? I'm picking Steph and Clay, not D'Lo and Schroeder and Beasley and all the other guys. One of those numbers to me is not sticky. The the three-point defense number we know is not always great. Also, I think that the Lakers last last round, I think the Grizzlies shot 31% on threes. The, the Grizzlies got their shots up. They just missed a lot. Maybe there's some magic voodoo there. I don't think there is. I think that the Lakers are, we're kind of giving them a little too much credit right now. Last series was more about the Grizzlies than the Lakers. And I trust the Warriors shooters to make the threes that they're going to get. And that's why I like the Warriors in the series. Because you're going to get this question post all-star. That number was still, uh, Lakers were 24th. They allowed the uh, yep. one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh most three-point attempts per 100 possessions in the NBA post all-star. So even after they added Vando and even after they got all the, like the actual NBA players on board, after they got Rui, they still wound up allowing a lot of three point attempts. And like Brandon from a, a strictly math perspective is right. Like um, every, every stats guy, not just our media, this are like team guys, team. The team guys are more adamant about this than anybody else that they are just like three point percentage allowed does not matter. It's not real. It's all about how many you allow. I feel like the playoffs fuck with that a little bit because I think that there's like, you know, I I think a lot of this is like, well, it can like really vary. Of course it really varies in a regular season. You play a bunch of garbage. Like it's, it's not really just, and like the effort isn't there, you know? Um, One thing I will say though. So here's the problem with this series. Okay. Is you're going to say a lot of things that are pro warriors. And like, I need to come to an agreement with you. We can agree that the Warriors can win the title because they're the Warriors. We can also agree this Warriors team is not great, right? Can we oh, agree absolutely. on that? This is not any of the old Warriors title teams. I don't think they're going to win the title. Like, this is the thing is like, this Warriors offense is mid. Like, their performance, they had the 10th best half court offense versus the Kings. I really need to stress, like, that's not promising. That's really concerning if, you, if you're like a Warriors. Now, look, I say this is someone that after game five, Okay, they won game five. They were heading back home. Thought they'd take care of business in game six, and they wouldn't have gotten a better number. Thanks, Warriors. But, like, after game five, I bet the Warriors to win the title. Like, that, I was like, I want to get in now. They're going to they're gonna get out of the series. When they get out of the series, they're going to be shorter. And lo and behold, I was right. I could have gotten a better number after game six, but I got a pretty good number then. Because, like, you could say, like, well, I don't think they're going to win the title. And my response to that would be, they literally win the title when they have all their guys. Like at this point, again, I'm I run into this a lot in the playoffs and, and I struggle with it. The basketball side should matter more. It doesn't. The narrative side matters a lot. And the narrative is the Warriors win. That's the narrative. The narrative is the Warriors win. Like the Warriors win versus LeBron. The Warriors win overall. They've never lost a Western Conference playoff series. <laughs> ever. Ever. Like in the since Steve Kerr got there, they have not lost a Western Cup. By the way, Steve Kerr got there. They have not lost a Western Conference playoff series yeah like that is a 100 percent success rate pretty good right (laughs) but like this golden state offense is not intimidating this golden state offense is not great i am very hesitant to say and it's the pro and especially as we're dealing with it today in the aftermath of a 50 the greatest 
scoring performance in a game seven, not the greatest performance in game seven. I just want to make that clear. Scoring, the scoring greatest performance. scoring performance versus the Sacramento Kings in a game seven. Like the feeling is like, oh, the Warriors, like all that offense. And like you talked about it, like, oh, the threes and the blah, 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 blah. And I'm still like, their offense isn't great. It's just yeah. not. So let, let me let me add two numbers here that are important to me. I, I, I don't disagree with any of that. And to your point, just so that I balance myself a little bit before I say all the good Warriors things, we, you and I are going to and have said about the Knicks Heat series, like, oh, yay, yay, <laughs> Knicks Heat. Thanks for being one of the semifinals. I got to be honest. I, I think this is Knicks Heat in the West. Like, I, I think that we've got the Western Conference finals happening right now, just like we think in the, in the East. I, that's where I think these teams are at. I think we have to keep in balance that the two worst teams left in the East are playing and the two worst teams left in the West are playing. That's the series we're previewing. They could win because unlike the East teams, we got Steph and LeBron and the East teams at the top are a little better. But I, I do think that context is important. Two numbers offensively that made me feel better about the Warriors, despite the fact that especially other than Steph, there's not a lot there. Number one, we know from a lot of years of Warriors, they turn the ball over a lot. They led the league in most turnover rate on their offense. The Lakers defense forces the second least turnovers in the entire league. The Lakers don't force turnovers. And yes, that includes after all the trades. Pretty much all my Lakers numbers I only focused on after all the trades because that's all that matters now. The Lakers don't force turnovers. That's the easy way to get the easy points and get the Lakers close. And importantly, it's the way to stop the Warriors offense from being really good. That's that is a huge part of why their half-court offense rating is not great. It's because they're like, here, why didn't you have the ball instead? That was our possession this time. So the Lakers don't do that. That removes a, a big part of the margin. Second thing is this. Warriors three-pointers against Lakers this season. We know the Lakers aren't going to hit a lot of threes, right? We know this. We're going to talk about it. The Warriors had 5.8 more threes per game than the Lakers. The Lakers are going to have a massive free throw advantage. We'll get there. They had 4.6 more free throws than the Warriors. The Warriors are like dead last in free throws. The Lakers are at the top of the league. So the Warriors will have five and almost six more threes. The Lakers will have almost five more free throws. I have a new math equation for you, Matty. Are you ready? This is not a three is greater than two series. This is a three is greater than one. Three is greater than one. The Lakers are going to live at the line, but those 4.6 more free throws are worth 4.6 points. Really easy math. You just multiply it by one, it's itself. The 5.8 three-pointers that the Warriors have as an advantage is an extra 17.5 points a game that the Lakers have to make up elsewhere. Three is greater than one. The Warriors are going to get their threes up, and I think they're going to hit enough to win the series. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com bluewire. 
and Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. In the regular season, the war, the Lakers, after the All-Star break, averaged 11.6 three-point makes per 100 possessions. In the NBA playoffs, they're only averaging 10.6. They're taking fewer. Memphis's half-court defense is good, but that's really concerning. Yeah. Like you're right. Like Here's the thing. I have all these things where I do, I, I wish, honestly, I would be, I think the Warriors would probably be favored versus the Grizzlies if the Grizzlies had gotten past the Lakers. I think the Warriors would probably be favored. Uh, as the road team too, you might Yeah, add. as a road team. <laughs> and like, I would be betting, I'd be basically be laying juice with the, with the Grizzlies plus two and a half or plus one and a half. Like that's probably where I would be in the series. For as many things as I don't think, like this is the series is a problem because it's so public and we've already seen, I'll yeah. just say like you were with the, that we, 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 cause we're both on warriors. We're with the public here. This opened way shorter and it, it, the, the updates hourly were just like warriors, warriors, like the warriors money came in early and it's very rare that the Lakers aren't going to get the public, right. That they're, they're not going to get hit. So like, Regardless of who it was that was betting, it was substantial enough to move the numbers to where we're now sitting at these heavier lines for the Warriors. If you wanted to bet Warriors, you needed to bet like right when it came out. Um, and that I, I have like resistance to that because I'm just like, <laughs> but the Warriors are not like so good that they should be like getting this influx of money. But the problem is really just like, I still can't get to a, a spot where I feel like the Lakers are a play here. I can't find an angle. I don't even, to be honest with you, I don't even necessarily love the, the, like, I like minus one and a half better. If the Warriors win games one and two, because we did our we did our best bets for, for Tuesday, and you're on Warriors, and I was on Lakers, and basically, like, I'm going to bet out of it, because I've, like, got to remember Warriors in game ones versus LeBron's in game ones. Like, both those stats that you mentioned on there were really, were really important. And so if they take game one, do I think the Warriors – the question then becomes, like, do I think the Lakers are taking both games in L.A.? No, I don't, right? So it basically comes down to game two. If the Lakers can steal game two, which I don't I don't think they can, I don't know what the series looks like in a Lakers win without an injury, knock on wood. No. Like, I don't know what it looks like. Like, the answer is, like, Anthony Davis is the best player on the floor. Okay, if Anthony Davis is the best player on the floor, then maybe I could see it, but we're still going to run up against the math problem. It would have to be like 80s jumper is wet and he's hitting threes. It doesn't seem so. Likely. So the title year, effectively. Yeah. <laughs> the bubble. The other thing to get into some X's and O's on it, um, I always find it's really funny when people are like, well, who's going to guard Steph? This is the dumbest question that I think you can ask versus the Warriors. <laughs> like, this is not Kevin Durant. He's not going to ISO you. Okay, he's going to run pick and roll and you're going to have to figure out what to do with that. But most of the time, I see, here's the thing versus the Lakers. I don't even know how much pick and roll he's going to run. Why would you be like, oh, yeah, I want to bring Anthony Davis to the ball. Why would you do that? Right. So maybe they'll bring Jared Vanderbilt to the ball. And we're going to run four or five with, with if Vando guards Draymond. Right. Or Rui. 
like Rui Hachimura in isolation versus Steph Curry. Best of luck to you, sir. Um, but even in those situations, they're going to run all the off-ball stuff. And then the, the Lakers have to track all of these switches. And, like, we looked at some numbers this morning, and it seems that Dennis Schroeder did a pretty good job when contesting Steph, but I just don't have faith that the Lakers' defense is so good as to track all of the off-ball switches because nobody's very good at it. Like, you have to be elite, elite to track stuff. And even though I don't think their half-court offense is, is all that much to, to write home about, especially with Clay looking bad again, it, Steph hitting six threes is more than enough to tilt every game in the series, right? Yeah, I think I think a thing that we need to say, because I think it's what you're saying without saying it. So I'm going to put the words to it. Yeah. I think that the Lakers beat the Warriors if LeBron can be LeBron again. And I don't think that either one of us think that that is happening in the series. No, I'll go back. I'll push back on you because you're on this. You're you're on this because you need the victory lap over LeBron. But like, no, it's it's not I'm bad. Just I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I I think what I what I mean is yes. If Anthony Davis is awesome and he's been the best player for the Lakers in the playoffs, and that's not a LeBron diss. Anthony Davis has just been awesome. That's it. If Davis is awesome and the best player in the series, that helps. But I'm not sure I still am like, okay, so then the Lakers win. I, I, I'm like, okay, it's a little more even then. Like, all the answer always in when LeBron plays the Warriors is, well, I don't know. The Warriors are the better team, but how could LeBron's team win? Well, LeBron. LeBron is the answer because LeBron is incredible and closes the gap and does all the things and slows the pace down and they get the offensive rebounds and the possessions battle. And LeBron does all the LeBron things and evens things out and gives them a chance. That's what he does. It's why they've had the, the possible way to win against the Warriors and have beat them before. That has to be the case to me. I don't think that the the LeBron that we've seen in the play-in and in the first round, I don't think he's playing possum. I think, I think we get the version of LeBron we have right now, which is a very, very good player, but not the one that's played the Warriors in the finals. That was five years ago. It's been a long time. I, I think that... I thought that what I was hearing you say in between the lines is that it's got to be the answer to how, look, how do you beat the Warriors when you have LeBron and Davis and all the other guys? The answer is just LeBron. Every other podcast we've ever done in history is just because you have LeBron. LeBron can win. I don't think that's a viable answer right now. I don't think that the LeBron goes God mode and just wins by himself. I don't think that's happening. Okay, so here's why I think the framing is bad. The framing is bad because what you're saying is, Look, in order for LeBron to beat the Warriors before, he had to be LeBron, and he's not LeBron anymore. The Warriors aren't the Warriors anymore either. That's, That's true. my problem with this. Is like That's fair. Like, I think LeBron could be awesome in this series, and they still lose because the Warriors are just good enough. But, like, this Warriors team is so far – it's really funny to me because – Warriors fans hated the strength and numbers stuff. They didn't want the team strength. They just <laughs> wanted, why don't you just have Steph play a, a hundred minutes a game and take a hundred pick and rolls and shoot it from 35 feet. I want the shooty hoops. And like Steve Kerr won all these titles in part because he managed Steph's minutes. He managed Steph's usage. He kept Steph away from defensive pro- probabilities. He kept Steph fresh. He didn't have Steph getting banged going up, trying to get over screens. Like, he managed the whole thing really well, and the team's collective strength was better. Like, strength and numbers got them in trouble when it was Anderson Barajau. Yeah, that's accurate. But, like, the Warriors' team strength was so high when they had Sean Livingston, when they had Andre Iguodala, 
technically they still do. Um, when they had Andrew Bogut, when they had David West, like 2017, David West is the what best player on the Warriors currently? Seventh or eighth? Yeah, definitely in the rotation for like, sure. You're, you're probably be, you're probably being like, I don't know, I'd rather have West out there than Jordan Poole. Yeah, that that was the one I was thinking about. That was the seventh or eighth, <laughs> correct? <laughs> right. Uh, and so, like, this is the whole thing, and it's not and. The Lakers, I can't believe, I cannot believe I'm about to say this, Brandon Anderson. The Lakers are the deeper team. No, 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 no. Okay. Do yeah, you want no, to say? Because okay, I got to respond. Let's, let's go through it. Let's go through it. Okay. So we got the starting five for the Warriors. Who else do you trust? Who has a positive, who is a plus player on the Warriors bench? I don't, I don't think that I have a good answer to that, but that's not how I'm framing the question. Okay. So you make your case and then I'll make mine. Okay, Why do so you like, think the Lakers are the deeper team? So, my answer on why I think that they're the deeper team. Um, if we look at the rotation for the Lakers, if we go through it, okay. Um, the Warriors starters are better than the Lakers starters. Okay. LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilt. That's four good players. Uh, Rui Hachimura is good. I'm giving him fifth. He's good. Like, not great. He's good. Like, Rui Hachimura would be the sixth best player on the Warriors, yes? No. You think Continue. you'd rather have Poole? Yes. Okay. I would rather have Rui Hachimura based off of shot selection and defense. Okay. Um, D'Angelo Russell is basically Jordan Poole. Yeah, fair. Right? Sure. Um, would you rather have Rui Hachimura than any of the other non-Poole Warriors guys? Would you, It's like Dante... Mm. I'd rather have Dante and then probably Hachi after that. Okay. Rui's been really good. I really yeah, like I really need to stress how good Rui's he's been. been. Great. Even going back to Washington, he's been really good. Yeah. Um like Wendy and Gabriel Gabriel, I legit think can give you 10 minutes. I think I think Wendy and Gabriel and Kaminga are, are comparable. Right. Hmm. Now, if you're like, if we're gonna go, if we were to assign values on these guys of like one to ten, then I agree with you. Right. If we're do, if we're gonna be like, if we go one through ten on their top eight guys the Warriors are going to come out ahead because Steph, Clay, Draymond, Looney, those four, um, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Looney, Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting Wiggins and I shouldn't do that. Like those five, their collective rating is going to be higher than the Warriors, than, than the Lakers. Yeah. Right? So like I'm with you, but I'm just saying like the pro here, and honestly, a lot of this gets into like the Suns Nugget series, which is whenever the Suns do not have KD, Booker, CP3, Aiden together, whenever just one of them goes off, the Suns, you start to look at and be like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that's the thing with the Warriors is like when it's like Steph and Draymond and Poole and Dante, and that's when it starts to get like really dicey here. So like that would be my argument for do I think that the Warriors are the better team? Absolutely. I really think the Warriors' depth is flat out terrible. Okay, so I think that that I think that is well said. I don't know that I really disagree with it. I'm just going to frame it a little differently. So the best three players in the series is Steph, Davis, LeBron. That would be the order I would put it right now. You could argue a lot of the orders. We're not going to do that. I think Steph so far has been the best player in the playoffs of the three. Yep. I think based on what we know about the Warriors, not just historically, but this year, rather than thinking of just Steph and then the two superstars, 
Steph plus Draymond together is a superstar. They're like a transformer. When you put them together, they're their own superstar. I'm going to put Draymond in there. Here's the numbers from Pivot Analysis. LeBron and Anthony Davis on court together for the season, plus five and a half. It's very good. Steph and Draymond on court together for the season, plus 7.7. They're a better pairing together than the Lakers, guys. That's not a two-on-two game. It's because you have your three teammates. There's a lot of other reasons there, but those are all the things that we're talking about. Part of the reasons is all the guys around them. I noticed too, by the way, same at Pivot Analysis, if you put Steph Draymond and now you add Kevon Looney, which is a lineup we're going to see a lot of in the series because they have to play big, plus 16.1 net rating. And oh boy, did we see that against the Kings too. The Looney with those two guys was really good. So if I the way I look at the depth is this. The, the, the twos and the two at the top, it's pretty even. We don't know Steph Draymond versus LeBron and Davis. I think a lot of people would say the Lakers guys, but I think it's pretty even. But after that, after those four, is very clearly, by a wide margin, Wiggins and Clay are the next two guys in the series. And I would say after that, it's either Looney or Reeves. Looney's been awesome. Reeves has been awesome, too. Reeves is really good and definitely deserving that mix. And then for me, it's clearly Poole still. And now we get to what about D'Lo and Hachimura? What about Vanderbilt, who's important but has to have the right sort of role? Gary Payton, Dante. All of those guys are after that. And maybe Poole belongs after that, too, to be totally fair. But that gives me the Warriors with the best player on the court. It gives me the Warriors having four of the top six. And it gives me the Warriors having six of the top eight, six of the top nine, potentially, if you include Poole. So I mean, it's not like... the further down the depth chart thing. It's the, it's the guys who are going to play the most who are the better that that's what I care about. I just got to ask you, like, you, you are still higher on Jordan Poole than the Warriors podcast I've heard. <laughs> I am not high on Jordan Poole. So that's fine. Put put Lump him in with all the leftover guys. He was truly tragic. So like, the, if, if I found this... out that Jordan Poole was paid to try to throw the series the last couple of games, I'd be like, mm, yeah, that checks out. That's what I saw happening. One of the tough things I think about this, and this is a perception thing that's definitely influencing the lines, is somehow the Warriors going seven with the Kings has become like it's it's helped their market. Where it's like, you know, the Kings play really well. Like, that Kings team is tough. Like they're a, That's a good team that they played versus the Lakers. It's like, yeah, but that Grizzlies team was trash. Like Dylan Brooks the Grizzlies had a better season than the Kings and the Grizzlies quite honestly, like, I'm sorry. The the Grizzlies were better built for the playoffs. They just were. I would strongly disagree with that. What? To me, a takeaway to me, a strong Brandon, takeaway. Brandon, oh, hang on, hang on with how much you've talked about Demonis the bonus. How could this be the case? Because the Grizzlies look, You've said several times on this podcast, we're not talking about the old Warriors. We're not talking about the old LeBrons and the old Lakers. That's correct. That is correct. We're not talking about the regular season Grizzlies. These were not the regular season Grizzlies. They didn't have Clark. They didn't have Adams. They had an injured John Morant. They were missing Luke Kennard in the last game. These were not the regular season Grizzlies. I absolutely agree. I would pick the regular season Grizzlies against the regular season Kings in a series. Not relevant. That's not who we had the Lakers play. I think it matters that the Lakers had a 110 offensive rating against the shell of a Grizzlies defense. They were 10th in the league out of 16 teams. That's not good. That is a rough offense. They barely had a rebounding advantage against a team that has no big men except Jaron Jackson. They're 52% rebounds for the series. They had the, the 13th out of 16th in turnover rate. They cannot keep the ball. They were 11th in EFG offensively. They can't Wait, score. 
Are you talking about are you talking about in the playoffs? The Lakers against the Grizzlies. Okay. The Lakers against the Grizzlies were below average offensively. They turn it over a lot. They're below average on EFG. They won the series because the Grizzlies were tragically bad on offense. And yes, the Lakers defense gets some credit for that. How much? I don't know. The Grizzlies shot 40% field goal and 31% threes. Yes, the Lakers get a lot of credit for that. But also, the Grizzlies have half of their team and aren't a good shooting team for the most part outside of the two guys that missed a lot of their shots this series. I think that we are doing with the Lakers. You might be doing with the Lakers what we have accused the public of doing with the Knicks. That series was about the Cavs, not the Knicks. This series was about the Grizzlies, not the Lakers. The Grizzlies were bad and lost. The Lakers just happened to be there for it. I think we're doing it both. I think we're doing it with both teams. Yeah, I understand. I disagree, but I understand that's what yeah, you're saying. Like, I think the like, Kings actually were decent and, and hung there. Yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, oh no, those Kings, like you gotta love them, man. And I'm like, the Warriors should not have gone seven games with this team. That's a bad thing. Like, Demonis Sabonis was unplayable and had to play heavy minutes, and they still couldn't get this done in less than seven. Like, Malik Monk is all of a sudden like this huge playoff performer. They're getting beat by guys like Davion Mitchell and Keegan Murray in their first ever playoff run. The Warriors, right? Like, yeah. So this, this and here's a good another good comparison, which is the Grizzlies' defense was bad, and so the Lakers' defense made them look terrible. The Kings' defense was bad, and the and the yeah, Warriors' sure. offense made them look okay. Yeah. That's, so that's like, a problem. That's a definitely a problem. Yeah, that's that's where I get to in a lot of this is like <laughs> I had low expectations of the Grizzlies and the and the Lakers made me made them meet that expectation of being bad. Sure. I had low expectations of the Kings and the Warriors made them look better. And the result is that we're like, gotta give credit to the Kings. Gotta give credit to the scrappy, scrappy Kings. Light the beam. Light the beam. And like, look, we were we were beam, I was beam team all year. This series going seven is an indictment. It's an indictment. Hmm. It needs to be an indictment. Like Brandon, what were they good at? What were the Kings good at? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to dump on the poor Kings fans today. But, they, this, they push... but this is the thing, though. If we're going to talk about this, though, I think it's important because we got to like. The reason this matters is the Warriors are being priced like they did something impressive. The Lakers are being priced like they did something impressive. Okay, so so let me ask you this. An alternate timeline happened over the weekend. Brandon had a bad weekend, it turned out. The Kings won game seven. The Lakers choked away game five and six. It's Kings-Grizzlies. These Kings and Grizzlies, right now, the version that we're getting, who are you taking in the series? Grizzlies. See, and I, I think I would pick like Kings minus one and a half or minus two and a half. Like, oh, so here's the, the thing. Is the, like, the, look, the four to eight guys on the roster compared to the Santi Aldamas of the world is just a massive swing for the Kings to me. But like the Grizzlies would have, I'll even put Fox over Jaw. Okay. Even then, the Grizzlies have the next three guys. It's Jaw, Jaron, Bain. Oh, I see. I thought like, I, whew, for a second I thought you were saying Fox and Jaw, and I was like, okay, who are the next three? Bain, Jaron. Oh my God, is he counting Dylan Brooks as the third guy? And I was about to just walk off the podcast forever. No. <laughs> you know. Sure. I, I just look. We we uh, the Grizzlies defense was legit. Like that defense was still schematically really strong. They lost a series for a number of reasons, including they just wanted it to be over. Their spirit wasn't there, which is really disappointing as a Grizzlies guy. Like I'm pretty disappointed in like their fight. They talked all that shit and then they just gave up and quit. It's bad. It's a bad look. 
at the same time, like their defense was still good because their defense is good because really defense is more schematic than anything. As long as you have one yeah. hugely impactful player. Hello, Jaron Jackson Jr. Right. I, I got a couple of questions that of things where it kind of caught my attention here and I'm not totally sure how I feel. I, I have a lean, but I, I want your input. Hit me. So uh, we talked briefly already. The Lakers are going to get the whistle, right? The, the Lakers are going to live at the line. The Warriors fall a lot. The Lakers get to the line a lot. And by the way, they're going to have a massive advantage because the Warriors don't go to the line. Like that's just, that is not, oh no, the referees want LeBron to win the series. That's not that. We're going to hear that for two weeks. It's not that. It's a schematic thing. That said, the Lakers have only three home games possible in the series. The Warriors are way, way better at home. We know how good the Warriors are at home. Is Warriors road woes still a thing to talk about? They just won a pivotal game five and a road game seven. Do we still have to do the 11 and 30 road thing or is that dead now? Went down 0-2 for the first time in Warriors in, in Kerr history. Yep. I think the problem with that is if you, you can't have it both ways where you can't be like, well, they won two games on the road and then ignore game six and be like, oh, oh they're yeah, still great sure. at home. Yeah. Right. Well, because like, just the, the math on the home road thing is very easy. Yeah, assuming it goes the distance. The Lakers, the Lakers get only three home games. The Warriors, as you have heard many times, have won at least one road game, 28 consecutive series. So if you assume that the Lakers can only win two out of the three at home, they now have to win two road games against the Warriors yeah. in Golden State, where they've been so good. And I think that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't I don't have like I don't even think we you and I together can make an argument for a Lakers bet here. Like, I don't think we can get there. I would actually argue the more that we've talked about it, the more I'm like, I don't <laughs> like your six or seven because I'm just like the variance of this swings towards mm. look, man, like what if they win games one and two and then they go into to LA and they steal game three or four and they're coming back home for game five. Yeah. And like, Fair. is LeBron at age 38 battling back from three, one. Nobody might battle team? back for game five. So I, that's that's fair. A couple more questions here. A couple more things I'm stuck on. Steve Kerr, Darwin Ham. Who you got, and by how much? Steve Kerr by. I'm trying to think of like how to quantify the how much. Um, so Ham, I think, is actually a little bit underrated by Lakers Lakers um, fans. They really don't like him. They think his rotations are terrible, and he makes awful decisions. Uh, that's a case of you looking at, and this is something that I've started to think about. We think about the micro. That's how we analyze coaches. When you take your timeouts, when you put in players, what do like what do the ATOs look like? Because that's the stuff that we see. You need to evaluate coaches on the macro. Like that's the better way to do it. Because a lot of the coaches that are excellent at in-game tactical adjustments are really terrible at the macro. If you want a good example of that, is James Borrego with the Hornets, where like James Borrego's X's and O stuff was excellent. Like he had them switching, his sets were well designed. He had like lots of good stuff. They had no discipline whatsoever. Their team was a train wreck. Um, Ham. The team is structured. The team knows what it's doing. The team has discipline. The team does respond in key moments. The team has gotten it together and kept themselves into the, like gotten into the playoffs after such a terrible start. Like Ham's a good coach. Steve Kerr is like, he is, um, he's what everybody pretends Ty Lue is. Like he is actually like an innovator. He's a legendary coach. He's a hall of famer. Like my list right now would be Spo, Pop, Kerr. Okay. Like that's my so, list. So, so Kerr by a margin. Yeah. I, that's I, I agree. I, I don't know what the margin is, but it's not tiny. Let's say. Yep. Uh, okay. One more thing, because we went to Game Seven, we are going to have Lakers Warriors games every two days for the rest of ever until the series is over. There's no gaps. 
we are getting games with no breaks, no Monday to Saturdays like some of these other series. We're playing. The, the Warriors just played a game seven. The Lakers have the rest advantage right now by a day and a half. Who, as the series goes on, and we just play, play, play every couple of days, who does that favor to you? Is it favor the Warriors or is it favor the Lakers that we're just going to be grinding every couple of days? It favors the Lakers, it favors the Lakers except Anthony Davis. And LeBron? Nope. Look, look, I get it that you think that he's washed, but that man <laughs> is in better condition than 95% of the NBA. No one take no one puts more into his body than LeBron. Oh, hundred percent. Like that's not a that that is not a that's narrative. not a take. That's a fact. Yeah, and yeah. you know he will do like look honestly he's playing on a foot right now that like probably should be operating. Well, that's what I mean. Like this, it's not LeBron slander. It's not LeBron wash. LeBron is thirty eight and playing thirty eight minutes a game on an injury. And Anthony Davis is playing thirty eight minutes a game. Other than that, final blowout, both of those. I'll so just, well, I'll just say this: I think I think Clay and Draymond look older than LeBron right now. Okay. All right. So, so we disagree on that one. I, I think as a, as a series goes on, I'm worried about LeBron and Davis. And I think the pace actually will be up because that's how the Warriors have played. So I, I think the Lakers have a slight advantage right now coming off of the Warriors game seven. But I think as it goes on, I'm, I'm a little worried about the fatigue factor. How are you not worried about Clay? I, I don't really, honestly, all of my, like, uh, all my math, I, I got nothing on Clay. I have no idea what Clay is. Clay is just going to like show up some night and make 17 threes and then like miss all the shots for the next. I, I have no cap for clay. I never bet clay. I don't know anything about him. He just does clay stuff. I'm not worried. He just is what he is. I have no idea what clay is. Yeah. Him and dream on both. Like when I keep going back to as good once as they ever were. Right. Not as good as they once were, but they're as good once as they ever were. Like, I, I just think that there are a lot of games. No. Like, there's going to be games where they look old. No, I think that's true. But and, what we also saw, we saw that, honestly, I feel like we saw that with LeBron. And the two losses in, in the series, I feel like we saw LeBron look old or look, we're kind of taking the night off or whatever you want to call it. We saw LeBron not be the usual playoff LeBron that's been brilliant. Yeah. Uh, here, here's my case for how the Lakers win the series. The Lakers win game one. The Warriors are coming off of game seven. You can listen to our game one Tuesday episode for why that's such a strong trend. Teams coming off of game sevens are not great in the following game one. So Lakers steal game one. The Lakers win two of those three home games. And then LeBron one time, once, either gets the game five or the game seven on the road. There's your four wins. And two quarter angles that I'm looking to play in this series. Take me home is back. Take me home Warriors, I think, is back. Warriors home third quarters for the season plus 5.7 net. Lakers road third quarter were terrible. They were 24th in the NBA on the road in the third quarter, minus six and a half. So I'm looking for the take me home spot. On the other hand, and this plays back in the Lakers case here, Lakers fourth quarter is at home. I think they can steal a couple games that way. I think they have to steal the games at home. Lakers fourth quarter were third in net rating on the season. Lakers fourth quarter at home were plus 9.6 net on the season, whereas the Warriors were minus 7.6 net on the road for the season. And we know that Steph against even LeBron, especially against LeBron has choked away some of these late attacks. So I think that you need the Lakers to keep it close at home and steal a couple of games that they maybe shouldn't have got. And the numbers say that could happen. So that's a, maybe a live bet spot for a, a Lakers home fourth quarter in particular. I'm going to be very curious to see what approach, see a lot. One of the reasons I think the props are going to be hard in this series is 
that we don't know Ham's approach. Like playing Rui and Vando were pretty obvious things. And honestly, him going to Rui was a really smart move that I should have seen coming. I don't know what he does in the series. Does he go, man, we need Rui scoring. So he's going to have to play more than Vando. Or does he go, let's just, let's play big versus this team. Like let's beat him up physically. Let's just out muscle the, the Warriors. And if he goes that route, he'll, he'll lose. Um, but he'll go Vando. And so like, that's kind of my question is like, what does that kind of look like? Um, the one thing I'm going to be on is D'Angelo Russell unders. The Warriors are going to switch versus him. Russell's terrible versus switches. Yeah. Terrible. And, and the Warriors know this real well because they had him and they were like, nope, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I think, I think D'Lo unders in the series are a good play. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on Reeves about what role he could, because like if there's one guy that could swing this, it's probably Austin hmm. Reeves. I mean, I love Austin Reeves. I think he's been fantastic and, and underrated. Um, he, I have had a hard time playing his props because weirdly he's actually been very steadily reliable. Like he doesn't have big swings. He tends to get like 16, five and four every game. And so there's not a lot of variance there, which makes it harder to bet or find an angle. Like they, he's actually been very steady. He's very clear their third guy, but I, I want to bet him because I'm like, he's going to play all the minutes and I know that they rely on him, but the, the number, I just haven't found the right edge there. So I think it'll be very good. The props that I'd be looking to play right now, I haven't seen lines yet for it, but uh, I talked at the top about the three-point advantage. I, I want the threes overs for the Warriors. I think they're just going to get a ton of shots up. Steph threes. They're Honestly, they might have to set the line at five and a half for, for the series, which is an absurd line to set for any human being. But Steph threes... Uh, I just said it like a couple minutes ago. I don't know about betting clay, but clay threes has been really strong for the first round. I know that's when Joe Dallaire has been on his props column. They're going to get the shots up. So I, I think Wiggins, Wiggins has been taking. So I'm not sure who the guy is. It might go game to game, but I think Warriors threes over just finding the right guy. Cause the volume should be there. If LeBron wins the series, will you ever be on this podcast again? Yeah, I think so. Because, of course, it would just be the Lakers winning the series against the Warriors. It's not a one-on-one -on -one game. It's a team game. Unless Steph wins. Then it's a one-on-one -on -one game. <laughs> uh, so my initial thought after all my series prep on this was, you know, just give me the long series. Throw out all the analysis. It's the NBA and all the TV money. It's Steph and LeBron. We wanted it. We got it. The NBA wants us to get all the possible games of television of Steph LeBron we can possibly get. That They're going to drop the game one ratings and it'd be like 17.3 billion. Like the NBA made all the money. Thank you for coming out. From a narrative perspective alone, I just think the series goes long because the NBA really would like the series to go long and get all the LeBron stuff it can. Basically, that's the difference between us. You like the Warriors. I like the Warriors. You like them shorter. I like them longer. I like them longer on narrative. I just think the NBA is going to make sure we get a lot of Steph and LeBron. The NBA is not going to do that. Like that's The NBA is not manipulating things and it's not going to happen. I think... And then this is where I kind of get sent to is like, we believe like, yeah, it's going to be a long series. Cause then I feel like it, how, but how many times do we run into a situation where that's not the case? Oh, we thought it was gonna be a great series and it wasn't, you know? Yeah. So, like, all of first round, except for the Warriors series. <laughs> and, and so like, we just, I don't, what's, what's weird about the series is that we've got two legendary figures on pretty 
unimpressive teams that got past vulnerable opponents. The Grizzlies were not in the right headspace. We're not built for the postseason. We told you that all year. We told you the Grizzlies were not built for the postseason on this show. We told you that. And they had key injuries. Like if you told me that they could lose any guys that were not Jaron or Ja, and you told me to pick the two, I would not want them to lose versus the Lakers. I legitimately would have said Steven Adams and Brandon Clark instead of Desmond Bain. And I love Desmond Bain. Like he's the most important guy on the, on the Grizzlies to me. Yes. Including Ja, but that's like, that's how bad the matchup was. And then again, like we are in the aftermath of this really great, awesome. Everyone loved it. What a great series where I do kind of like, now that we're past it, I take a step back and I go, was this a really great series or are the Warriors just way more vulnerable than they probably should be? <laughs> yeah. Well, what was it a great series or was this secretly a four versus five series that just was really fun for a while, but now they're going to have to play a one seed, not the Lakers, but next round. So yeah. that's my question then. If we're right, and you're more strongly on this than me, but I literally call this the West version of Knicks Heat, so I'll take credit for it too. If we're right that these teams are mid and that we're going to have fun and we're going to watch the legends and the legacies and all the things, if we're right that the Warriors and Lakers are not as good as we're giving them, as books are giving them credit for, as the public is giving them credit for, then futures analyst Brandon says, you got to be betting futures outside of these two teams. We're getting too much credit. So what's the futures play that you should be betting that we should be betting right now? If the Lakers and Warriors both aren't good enough and aren't going to win the West, aren't going to win the finals, what's the futures angle? Cause that has to be the takeaway. I think if, if we agree, both these teams are not as good as they should be. So I, I will give you the, I'll give you my answer to that. And then I got a, a thing I got to say, um, the answer is the nuggets. The nuggets are the best team. Like I'm very, like I, when I got into the sun stuff, that was really what I came out of is I was just like, I think the nuggets are going to win the series. Cause they're a better team. Like the, the Suns have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and that's all. And they can still win the series. We're talking about this on Tuesday when it's one out the, the Suns could win tonight and even the series and then everything flips, right? These things change, but the nuggets are the best team. They are, they play the best together. Like their sum is greater than all of these other parts that everyone is so focused on. Oh, staff, oh, staff, oh, LeBron, oh. The Nuggets are the best team. They've been the best team in the West by margin. Like, I wrote a lot about how Denver isn't, their profile, and their profile isn't, like, a great team either. They're just that much better than the West. It's just, like, that's the whole angle here is, like, if all these teams were just, like, look, they're just really not that good, the Nuggets at least are really good. Yep. They're, they're not great, but they're really good. That should be the play. But Brandon, I'll just tell you, if this is if this is Warriors Nuggets in the next round, I'm betting the Warriors. They haven't lost a Western Conference playoff series. They're undefeated when Steph Clay and Draymond all play in all seven games. Last series actually doesn't count because Draymond got suspended. As long as the big three are healthy and available for every game, the Warriors win. And at some point, I'm not going to go against that. Like I'm not going to go against a 100% success rate you talk, we talk about trends and about how about, you know, like, you know, is it, what's the difference between 55% and 58%? This is a hundred percent trend that the Warriors win. So I bet the Warriors after game five. Um, I, and I still think that they're going to win. Like, not, I don't think they're going to win, but they're the only team I can bet on. If you ask me who the best, like the team to bet on, who has the best value, it's the Nuggets. It's ridiculous that at FanDuel Sportsbook, the Nuggets are not the favorite. They're literally closer to the title than any other team. They've won a second round game. 
and the Warriors are favorites as the sixth seed. But I get it. It's the Warriors. So that would be my answer is you should bet the Nuggets. I don't think you should bet the Suns right now. The Suns could definitely win the series. I actually worry more about the Suns versus the Warriors than the Nuggets. Um, but yeah, that that to me is the answer here. And I think that's a key part of the thing too. You talk about the FanDuel odds having the Warriors shorter. That's the Warriors, you're right, but it's also the Suns. It's the Suns mystique of, yeah, but the Nuggets still got to beat the Suns three more times. And by the way, we told you we didn't think that was going to happen before the series. We're not going off of that after one game. So it's it's the thing where the Warriors or the, the Nuggets have to get past the Suns first just to get there. But I agree with half what you said and disagree with the other half. It's the Nuggets. The Nuggets are the play and you are doing the thing that we have said on this podcast not to do, which is betting on all the Warriors stuff that's not relevant anymore. These are not the Warriors that are undefeated on all the other West series. These are not the old Warriors. Don't do it. You know the Nuggets are better. We know the Nuggets have been better than the Suns. That's better cap on that series. We know we'll like the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. And here's the craziest thing. You said, well, yeah, but Steph and LeBron and Durant, the other teams have the star, but the Nuggets have the better, deeper team. Yeah, You want to know what else they have? The best star. The Nuggets will have the best player on the court in addition to the best team. Just bet the Nuggets. Don't do the thing you're doing, Matt. Don't do it. Bet the Nuggets. I think that's the actual takeaway from Lakers-Warriors preview. I don't want to... I don't want to hide anything from the audience here. Nikola Jokic just shot badly in the last two games. Nikola Jokic, his post-game wrap on his wrist is getting bigger and bigger. He's going to play, and he might have a massive game in game two. I think this is a pain tolerance thing. But, like, no. just be aware. Nobody's 100% right now in the playoffs. Nikola Jokic is among those guys that's not 100%. Agreed. Okay, uh, Brandon likes Warriors in six or seven. I'll take Warriors minus one and a half. Uh, I might sprinkle a little bit on Warriors in five. I think this is this might be a short series. We'll see how it goes. We'll keep you updated as the series goes along. Back tomorrow with Best Bets. Make sure to check out the Action Network app. Thanks for joining us. But thanks to David Payne for producing these episodes. I know it's a lot of work. We appreciate him putting it in. Thanks for being a part of the show. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Brandon's at Wheaton Brando. I'm at HP Basketball. Drop us a tweet. Let us know that you like the show. Give us a five-star review. Those things are massive. Every time we get a five-star review, Matt Mitchell is very excited. Help us, help us out with that. Uh, we'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.